0: Hi, this is Steve Bowes, and you're listening to the HR Happy Hour Podcast Network. Subscribe to all the HR Happy Hour Podcast Network shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Just search for HR Happy Hour. Thanks for being a part of the HR Happy Hour family and enjoy the show. Welcome to We're Only Human a podcast focused on blending research and practical advice to help today's HR, talent, and learning leaders improve business outcomes. Let's welcome your host, Ben Eubanks. Hey, everybody. This is Ben Eubanks. Welcome to We're Only Human. I'm excited to be here and have you here today. You know, just yesterday, actually, I did a webinar with ATD, about five performance management practices of high-performing companies. It was a really interesting conversation. We had about 400 people register for the session and it was really great because we actually got to talk to the community. They're very interactive in the chat, which is, which is great for webinar. The reason I, I love live presenting is because I get to see and interact with people. It's hard to do that on webinar, but they're very interactive there. Lots of chat and interaction and collaboration among the participants while I'm speaking. So that was kind of great. and. The actual focus of it was how to improve the results you're getting with performance management. Again, we looked at some of the research that highlighted five different practices that high-performing companies use that other companies don't as often. And it was actually based on some research that I did last year, and I kicked it off with a poll question. The question was, does your performance management practice engage or disengage your employees? And if you have to stop and think about that, I'll give you just a moment. Does your performance management practice engage or disengage your people the way you're doing it. And again, if you're like most of them, it disengages them, it's not a positive sort of thing. And so uh, if you're curious, you wanna actually see some of the results of that research that I did and check that out, you can get that at gittalk.at slash ATD. Again, I'll put that note in the show notes, the link there, but it's gittalk.at slash ATD. And you can get my research notes and findings from our performance management, engagement, and business results study of more than 250 employers and what they're doing. The reason I mentioned that is because that poll question actually reminded me of the discussion that we'll be having today. It's not about performance management, but about engagement and whether our practices are driving it or hampering it. Again, one of those things that we kind of know intuitively maybe, but we might not be willing to say it out loud. Today's conversation actually taught with Scott Hayhoe of Questback about engagement, tapping into employee sentiment, and the power of continuous listening versus a once a year measurement of engagement. I told Scott before our discussion that one of my daughters actually came home recently very impressed with her second grade classmate that could speak two languages, English and British. And you'll get that British accent today in the conversation along with some other nuggets and takeaways to help you think strategically about your own approach to engagement. Now, on with the show. Hello everybody, welcome to We're Only Human. This has been Eubanks your host and I am really glad to have you here. I have a fun conversation today about a topic that a lot of us kind of converse about pretty regularly, but we don't always get down to specifics and good outcomes with it. That topic's engagement. So actually this week I was running some workshops for some HR executives in Miami, and yesterday I actually spoke with a leader that was trying to work with her 2,000 employees to improve their engagement, and she was kind of starting from scratch. She wasn't sure, what do I do, what's the most important thing, and so I was kind of giving her some advice on that, but the thing that I realized was no matter where I go, what industry people are in, what size of their company, two employees, 2,000 employees, even more than that, I hear that similar story. So today, to talk through this, I have with me Scott Hayhoe of Questback to explore this conversation and dig into this. Welcome, Scott.
1: Hi Ben, how are you doing?
0: Oh goodness, I'm doing very well, and I'm so thrilled to have you on today. Um, in the midst of, we were talking a minute ago about of uh, this snowstorm that seems to have attacked England. So I'm glad that you're you're warm and safe today, and spend some time with us.
1: Yeah, looking forward to the conversation. Uh, uh, glad to hear that you were in Miami yesterday. That sounds kind of mm-hmm. nice. The weather
0: was lovely actually came back home and it was kind of chilly so uh, i i was really glad for that and um got a got a few days of sunshine i the question i asked the audience from the from the stage was who's here because they have a you know an hr problem they're trying to solve a lot of hands go up is it who's here because it's february and we're in miami and then the rest of the hands go up so yes it yeah. was something that everybody enjoyed and i know i did for sure um so before we dive into the conversation tell us a little about who you are and what you do so we can get kind of a feel
1: for who scott is Yeah, sure. Um, So Questback, uh, we're a provider of customer and employee uh, feedback solutions uh, for businesses around the world, really. So uh, my my remit is global. um, So I get to see a lot of things that are going on um, in a lot of countries. And really, my role is to understand, you know, what are the business trends, the business drivers, Uh, some of those things that you mentioned, like uh, the gig economy, uh, things like millennials, digitalization, those kinds of things that um, are really affecting business. Uh, but, but I think importantly, how do they relate to talent issues as well? Uh, acquisition, retention, productivity and, uh, and engagement. Um, and, and, and then my role is really to uh, you know, make sure that our feedback solutions match those, uh, those things that, that we're hearing. Um, it, was, it was interesting, you, you said you spoke to somebody who said they wanted to improve engagement that, that's one of the questions I, I actually hear a lot and my question back to them is almost always why do you want to improve engagement uh, because you know just improving an engagement score is, is is fine and great but you know doesn't it need to relate back to you know a business challenge of some sort you know what, what, what's the issue that's uh, causing you to have a look at engagement so I was kind of interested to, to hear you mention that straight away. Yep, yeah, absolutely. So they it was funny because she came into the session about 30 minutes
0: early. There was a br- networking break going on she said, "I'm going to get a good seat. You know, I want to have a I want to solve this problem while I'm here because my boss, I had planned out through March to kind of put together this plan, talk to my stakeholders, understand what's going on." And then her boss called her while she was at the conference and says, "Hey, I actually need that at the end of next week." So her her timeframe went from a month down to on one week on trying to understand what sort of practical steps they could take to try to affect that. And so um, she's like, I've got to understand what's going on. You know, we're, we're doing these kind of infrequent meetings, but we're not sure what, what the outcome going to be. And there, the conversation with them wasn't even, like you said, it wasn't even focused on the, the business impact specifically. It was just, you've got to understand this thing and, she was trying to understand how it's going to connect to something on the business side. Is there a retention? Is there a productivity? Is there a something, some other measure we can tie this to so I can really understand this because she was trying to get beyond just, just saying, okay, our, our score is, uh, is X and you know, a quarter from now, if we measure, if it's X plus five, what does that even mean? So she was really trying to get down to some of those actual outcomes versus just being tied to a number that, that seems like kind of a soft measure, you know, from, from an HR perspective. Yeah, that's right. I, you
1: know, I mean, it it is important to, uh, to to measure engagement because you know if you can measure it, then you can do something about it. I I think, uh, you know, tying it to things like productivity or profitability. Uh, you know, these are things that business leaders are interested in. So, um, you know, and, and there's plenty of research out there that sort of connects these things together. You might see productivity or profitability go up by, you know, as much as sort of twenty percent if you've got highly engaged staff. Um, some some things that are quite easy to count as well. Absenteeism, you know, those number of days that people just don't show up in the office, or, or, or the other one that I kind of like is the opposite of that, which is present which is um, I've turned up, but I haven't turned on and I'm not actually uh, doing a whole lot of work. Um, and, and, you know, so these, these are real things that have a real impact on on a business um, and they are very, very much linked to engagement. So, you know, in terms of making a case for improving engagement, um, you know, it can come down to hard dollars uh, at the end of the day because, uh, you know, the, the more days people are missing out of the business, the, the less productive they are, um, you know, then then that affects the company's output, it affects uh, morale, motivation, um, it ultimately affects revenues.
0: Absolutely. Well, if you don't mind, I would love to dig into that presenteeism piece just a little bit because i I didn't mean for for this company this this anonymous company to become like our our go to example for this, but they have by default I guess so that was one of the things she actually talked about she said we we because we're in kind of a smaller town and we're a large employer, we are the employer of choice everybody comes to us, and she said honestly, there are probably some people there that need that we need to find and then remove because we don't know you know maybe they need to be motivated to do better because they're just kind of there they've quit and they stayed and we need to understand who those people are we also just need to understand what motivates them so we can try to maybe pull some of those levers maybe the, the things that motivate them are career development or something else that we're just not offering at this point point. and so can you talk for a minute about how to how to dig into that piece of it a little bit because i'd be curious what you've seen is there a if i don't know if there's a specific um question to ask your audience if there's a a way to dig into that so that you can really understand the level of engagement versus just being present being physically there but being mentally checked out
1: yeah sure there's a really interesting dynamic that uh, that i see quite often Uh, you know somebody will will call me up and say hey we want to improve engagement as i say i always ask well why is that Uh, for sure Um, and then often they will say, well, look, you know, we do an annual engagement survey, um, and in, in fact, some companies do them once every two years because the annual survey is so big, um, has grown and contains, you know, 140 questions in, in one case that I know of, um, that it was just taking them so long to run the survey, get the, get the participants um, th- through the system, understand the results, roll those out, do something about it. It was, it was such a huge thing. Um, but, but you know, and I'll say to people, well, what are you going to do between now and your next annual survey? You know, when when is that survey? Oh, nine months away. Right. So what are you going to do between now and then? Why don't you start listening now? Why don't you have a, a dialogue with your staff now? Why don't you start next week? Not kind of next summer Um, because if you can just get a temperature check almost you know maybe I'd call it an engagement snapshot uh, once a week once a week just ask them a couple of questions around engagement how do you think or feel or act around the business You, you start to see trends you get little snackable amounts of feedback about what's happening across the business or across your team or across your region, uh, wherever you want to have a look. And, and you start to see trend lines emerging and, you know, maybe engagement's low and it's rising and you'd kind of like to understand why that is. Or maybe it's it's sort of starting off high and then starting to drift downwards and you, you want to um, understand why that is. Um, but but one, one sort of example that's jumped out at me recently, the last sort of three or four uh, customer meetings I've been in is. Um, they, they've all said, well, we've got some big event coming up. Uh, in one case, they were moving offices and that was quite big for the guys in the office, of course. Um, another one, they have a commercial checkpoint a couple of months into the year. You know what's selling in the stores, which stores are performing well, uh, which product lines are doing well. Um, another one, their, their CEO uh, went around the business in January to sort of talk about uh, how the business uh, is set for 2018 and what's going to happen. Um, and in, in every case, they were saying, and we'll find out how successful that is six or nine months later in the annual survey. And, and I said, well, why don't you start listening before you move office or before your CEO does his uh, company-wide address um, and, and listen during that, uh, that transition, that change, and and then listen afterward. And and, and you can actually see how that particular event uh, affects engagement uh, across the business and then you might have a look and see how it's affecting particular teams or particular stores for example Um, and it just means that you're you're getting a little a little sort of overview of engagement and how it's tracking and how it's trending Um, and and if you see changes then you know you can start acting on that you can start course correcting and you can really dig down into the areas where you've got a problem now your question was a a little bit more about well you know how do I get to the details so so I, I think continuous listening like that listen before during and after a transition or, or listen before your annual survey in the lead up to it so that you've got um, got this sort of heartbeat of the organization um that will start to identify uh, problem areas and that's where you want to do the deep dive you, you know you don't need to do a deep dive across the whole business if it's just two of your stores or your headquarters teams or, or wherever it is you know that's where you want to do the deep dive now um of course you can use a feedback system that's that's kind of what we do we we empower managers to do a little deep dive into their team performance. Uh, You know, do you you have the resources you need? Are you motivated? Uh, Do you behave well together as a team? And, you know, are are you a high-performing team? And that, that will allow you to get insight into specific uh, areas um, i'm always absolutely certain to say to people look no no system in the world should replace human conversation um, and a lot of the time what we're doing is we are uncovering uh, data uncovering information insight in in a maybe an anonymous way sometimes so that people can be open and, and transparent um, but but then go and have conversations with people in, in those kind of places uh, you know we, we know that uh, people will interact with uh, systems Uh, more easily than they will with other human beings you know we all like making our complaints online before we before we pick the telephone up or go into the store for example it's kind of how we've got used to things Um, and we see that with feedback systems but but ultimately you know what i'll say to people is look go and have a go and have a conversation with your team share your insight your findings with your team um and and you know together collaborate to come out with uh, what might be the solution to a particular issue for example Um, and, and that's a great way of um you know, really getting into the detail, understanding, uh, you know, those people that are, um, are turning up and are motivated and are providing great feedback, those that are really not uh, not contributing very much at all. Uh, but again, yeah, there's lots of systematic ways of doing this. But, you know, good old conversation, walking around to somebody and saying, hey, how's it going? Uh, you know, sometimes that's just as good.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so funny you said that, because I actually had, was about to ask another question about about that kind of from a a devil's advocate perspective of you know we just maybe some companies just do like focus groups or something like that where they kind of occasionally grab a couple people bring them into a boardroom or into a meeting room and they'll they'll ask them questions and i was going to say like the the flip side of the conversation you were saying it's good to have those face-to-face interactions but number one if you're going to do that it's hard to scale especially if you're a large company and sometimes people are a little bit nervous maybe to share their true feelings in that kind of group setting and so that's what that's what usually, I think, for me, pushes me towards erring on the side of using a survey or using something like that to try to gather that intelligence and then following up with those other things instead of doing the other way around. Is there a, is there a mix that you see from your customers that get the best results, or is it they do a little bit of both? I'm just
1: kind of curious. Yeah, the, the sort of best practice that we talk about um, is to use the survey system, the feedback approach to, to gather the information in the first place, because people are comfortable Um, and you can ask them to rate things you know how how strong is your leader at setting direction Uh, you know are you clear on your objectives do you have the right resources and so on Um, but then it's always important to have uh, you, you know, the, the free text comment, which is, you know, how can we improve things? It, you know, if there's one thing you, uh, we could do differently, what would it be? Um, and, and systematically, people do find it quite easy to sit there and, um, you know, imagine what would be the best thing uh, that would help. Um, the, the best practice comes in from, um, you know, all of those comments go through to the team leader, the departmental manager, the store manager, yeah, whoever's yeah. receiving them. Um, but then the best practice comes in in terms of, right, share the outcomes with the team. And even, though, even if, and usually this is the case, that the team members have contributed, contributed anonymously because that helps them, you know, to be uh, a little bit more open, a little bit more challenging, um, just share the aggregated results with the team um, because it shows an element of openness and trust as a leader. Um, so, uh, you know, we have one customer, um, new sales director, actually, and uh, he'd been in the business, uh, what, two, nearly three months. And just wanted to take a temperature check really so got everybody not just in the sales team but in the office where he worked uh, to provide him with some feedback and uh, I I was actually fortunate enough enough to sit in when he was sharing that uh, with the office Um, and it was great because he said you know thanks very much you know you've told me I'm a uh, you know I approach this professionally and I seem to understand what the business is all about Um, but you've also said that uh, sometimes I'm you know I'm too busy and I need to be a little bit more present Um, And actually, the sales guys feel as though uh, I'm spending plenty of time with them, but the professional services guys feel as though I could spend a little bit more. Um, And, 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 you know, he really got something out of it. The people in the room got something out of it because they could see he was being open and transparent. They'd been listened to. Um, My comment to him afterwards is isn't this amazing? I mean, how far away did you sit from those professional services guys? And he said, yeah, they're just kind of around the corner, 50 feet away. And I said, and yet not one of them wanted to actually come around and talk to you. But as soon as they got the opportunity to say, you know, hey, John, we don't see you often enough. Uh, you know, they, they absolutely took that opportunity. So um, it, it kind of made me smile. I and mean, he'd learn something, as I say, they'd learned something. And uh, it, it was a, a real comment on, um, you know, human behavior at the same time, I thought. I
0: love the idea of the manager bringing that back because, again, I, I've been on the this, this side of the employee taking a survey. I've been on the side of HR you know, administering the survey. And even as a manager, kind of getting comments back on my performance, so I've seen the different lenses that this comes through. And I remember the times being on the employee side where you're like, do I answer this frankly and honestly, even if it's anonymous, because I don't know what they're going to do with this. And if I knew in the beginning that hey, my manager is gonna take these, they're gonna just they're gonna anonymize them, they're gonna put it all together in an aggregate format and they're gonna actually sit down and have a conversation with us about this and kind of admit to their faults or, or kind of open the floor for anybody else to vote on, hey, yes, we agree that's also an issue and here's how we can solve it together as a team, instead of it just being, okay, the manager collects all these things and then they sit on it and it never sees the light of day and nothing's done about it. And that even for someone that's already disengaged, that even, that's an even further blow. I mean, that would make me even less interested in continuing to work for that person. If I saw, Hey, I, I tried to give them feedback and the, the process, the, the mechanism just, just didn't result in something. So I love the idea of really giving them that, that opportunity to bring that back full circle and have a conversation with people saying, I heard you and, you know, I want to try to make this right In some sort of forum with their team.
1: Yeah, that's right. And uh, I mean, you really hit the uh, the nail on the head there. You 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 then have to do something with this information. Um, uh, And again, sharing it uh, is important. Um, But, you you know, uh, the sales director now has to go around and spend time with the guys as they requested, be more visible, listen to them and their issues and, uh, you you know, how can, in his organization, how can sales and professional services work um, closer together, more closely together because, um, you know, then you're closing the loop, as we call it, you know, so people have spent the time, uh, shared their thoughts, you you know, you've reflected on them, you've shared them back um, and then you are seen to take action And things are seen to improve. And, you know, I can guarantee the next time that guy sends out a little pulse survey to say, OK, guys, I've been here six months or nine months now, Um, you know, time to give me your feedback. How how am I doing on my journey? I can guarantee that those guys are going to be giving him open and honest feedback because they know that he will do something about it. Um, You know, I can counterpoint that with um, uh, something I saw somewhere else where um, actually the, the the Team members were complaining that uh, they were the only team in the business that hadn't seen uh, their t- their team leader, their team manager's um, uh, results, uh, as it were. So uh, it was it actually became really apparent that there were a couple of things in there that he didn't like. Now you know if you're self-aware, you should look at those things and think, gosh, maybe maybe they're uncomfortable for me to learn. But you know if, if that's what people think, I I need to address the perception or, or I need to do something about it. And Actually, by sitting on it, I I, I don't think that person did themselves any favors whatsoever. Mm
0: -mm. It's just stagnating, right? Everybody knows what's going on, and they just won't – they won't address it. They won't look at it, and the problem's not going to go away. Kind of a a secondary part to that that conversation is the the other side of that. What advice do you have for companies or for for leaders that say – Hey, I, I know that there's some things that people aren't happy about. We're we're kind of worried about asking questions more more broadly to our employees because maybe we can't take action on everything. We don't have the resources, or or we just we know they're going to ask for X and we can't provide them X. What sort of advice do you have for companies like that where they're they're worried about the kind of problems they're going to surface when they reach out?
1: Yeah, you know, you you can't fix every problem in the world. Um, But I, I think being open and honest and transparent um, and, and being absolutely clear, I mean, you know, the um, you, you might get feedback that uh, everybody, I don't know, wants uh, wants a far more comfortable chair. Let's let's pick a really bland example, but you know, hey, the office furniture around here stinks, and, and we, you know, we need new carpets, we need new chairs, furniture. Uh, we Would all like new laptops as well? You know, that's a capital investment. Now, um, some companies might say, hey, that, that's fantastic, we can no worries, we hadn't noticed. Um, others will say, do you know what? Where we are at the moment, um, that's just too big an investment for. Now, that's a a fairly sort of trite example. But, you know, you you can see that there are times when businesses can only do so much or, you know, if the feedback comes back, hey, we all need a 50% uh, pay rise, otherwise we're off. Again, that's completely unrealistic. So, um, you know, an element of realism comes into this. um, But it is really important that you surface those kind of issues because, again, at least you can then say, look, you know, here's the issue. Um, And, here are the things that we can fix and that we can address. Uh, These are the things that we can't. Um, These are the things that we'd really like to address. And actually, guys, we need your help in coming up with an innovative solution. Um, And I think that's really important as well. So, you know, uh, encouraging collaboration uh, is really important. Uh, So, you know, when a a manager shares the insights, uh, the the engagement scores the leadership scores up with their team you know come on guys let's have a conversation about how can I be more present how can I help you to understand the mission of the business or uh, you know how can I make sure you've got the resources what is it what is it you need me to do have we got any innovative uh, kind of solutions. Um, The the second part of that is it's, you know, if a manager has an issue um, in most companies, there'll be another manager who's either had that issue themselves and solved it or or currently has it as well. And so, you know, encouraging collaboration with peers, uh, with mentors around the business and saying, hey, guys, I've got got this issue. Anybody got any ideas as to how I might share it um, ahead of me? Uh, you know, working with the team. Um, that's another great way of uh, spreading best practice, fostering collaboration, um, and again using systematically collected data uh, to to drive human interaction and, uh, you know, human sharing of best practices. Um, and the really interesting outcome of all of this is that engagement naturally goes up if People feel as though they're listened to, you encourage collaboration, uh, they see changes happening around the business that they've uh, made suggestions to, they, they realise that you um you know, there's a limit to anything and everything that uh, uh, a person or a business can do, and and you know suddenly everybody's in the uh, you know in the in the same boat as we would say, and they're, they're all feeling as though they're part of the organisation, and engagement follows from that. So, you know, what you're doing really is is understanding the drivers of engagement, um, working on those, and and then as if by magic engagement goes up. So you're not working to increase the engagement score; you're doing a whole bunch of things that as an outcome, engagement goes up. And, and I think that's where people should really focus. Absolutely. Well, two things come to
0: mind there. The first one is when I have that question come from someone, um, the first thing, i it's not as as uh, practical as your answer. But I, I'm like, hey, you know what? Those employees are going to talk about this amongst themselves, even if you don't address it. It's going to happen. They're going to have that conversation with their buddy, with their peers or their teams. They're going to talk about it in the coffee room, you know, whatever else in the break room, they're going to be talking about those things that they don't like, you know, in your example, the office chairs, maybe it's a terrible manager, maybe it's a a company policy they don't like. They're talking about it anyway. So why not take that moment to address it and show that you do understand that that's a problem for them and that you are doing what you can to the extent you can within your resources and, and everything else to actually address it however possible, because at least then they know you listen, you care. And that also some of the points you made there tied into Google's research on what drives great team performance. And it comes Mm -hmm. back. Their number one predictor was do people feel psychologically safe to be able to raise issues, to ask questions, to to bring up ideas and things in a group sort of format without feeling like someone else is going to try to shout them down or someone's going to tell them it's a bad idea. If people feel like they can bring good ideas to the table and you're creating this environment where they can collaborate and innovate together, they're more likely to perform highly as a team. And that goes even beyond that individual, you know, that that person that brought the problem up and is is the one that's, you know, uh, disengaged, I guess. The rest of the team could actually perform better because they bring that to the table and everybody has a chance to pitch in and support them and help out. It's, It's a neat concept. I love it.
1: Yeah there's there's two things out of that actually one is that uh, we absolutely uh recommend measuring psychological safety in in, in itself as a construct it, it sounds kind of kind of scary but actually the sorts of questions that that you would ask there are um you know do you feel as though you can raise a concern within the team um, as a team do we uh, focus on the future or do we bear grudges um yeah and, and it's those kinds of questions that uncover this psychological safety and, and then as you say people are much more much happier to uh share ideas share thoughts, share opportunities um for improvement so um so measuring uh you know getting a sense for team team performance um, is really important actually that's probably the key point in that area actually
0: excellent so i want to take a little bit of a spin from this conversation because i want to talk about another area that is something that's again seems like we're hearing about all the time in a different area of the business but it's one i think that's kind of connected in some ways and this is this idea of the gig economy People are working differently. There's more freelance work. There's more independent work, workers than ever before. So we keep hearing. And so I'm curious, how does this concept of engagement change or stay the same? At one time, I had kind of a really strong opinion that it it mattered a lot. And I've taught myself out of that. But but I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts, what you're seeing in terms of this, because we know that a lot of workers that are doing side gigs also have a full-time job. And I don't know if they're doing those side gigs because their full time jobs not meeting their needs or if they're they're looking for something else that just can't offer them or if it's purely about the money. And, you know, there's there's some research out there that says it's if it's a side gig, it's about you know partly about the money. But um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on on that. And is there a better way to engage those people? Does it require companies to kind of look at this differently than in the past? I, I have have no strong opinion either way, but I'd love to hear your thoughts.
1: Yeah, sure. I, I, I think. I think the one statistic that um, turned my head a little bit was, uh, you know, I, I imagined, I suppose, when people said the word gig economy, I was thinking of, you know, Uber drivers, delivery drivers, those those kind of people that sort of do this, um, you know, you know, do these small jobs and do lots of them. Um, actually, it turns out I think that 59% of giggers are professional white collar office type workers you know and they, they're copywriters uh, they, they creative um, search uh, engine optimization kind of kind of people that come into a business for a short time do a project and, and then flip out and go into another business so um, you know in, in many respects I mean I, I used to do that kind of thing gosh 25 years ago you know I, I was called a, a freelance programmer at the time I guess now I'd be called the Gigger you know hey uh, I've, I've arrived um, <laughs> but, uh, you know it's, it's it's changed people are people are doing longer gigs and they're immersed into the business if you're in, in a business for a month or six weeks or three months then you know you need to understand the business a little bit you're often brought in because you've got a, a skill that's um, needed quickly or is lacking in a business um, and, and that's important so you know the number one thing is treat them like any other employee in terms of uh, you know making them welcome onboarding them uh, immersing them in the business, uh, making them accountable, of course, because that's important. Um, but, you know, back again a little bit to what I said at the beginning, you know, if you have an annual engagement survey and a giga pops up in the middle and then pops out again, uh, you're going to miss their insight. So, again, continuous listening is really helpful. Um, to catch these giggers that are in and out of your business you know they bring great experience they're more than willing to share the experience that they've gathered in other businesses Um, and they're more than willing to share ideas and and it's it's really critical for a business as well to to treat these people like human beings like like their regular employees because um, there's a very good chance that uh, you'll want to rehire um, a good giga because you know again they'll know your business they'll know your ways of working they'll know your people um, they'll have a network of some sort established and um, you know so bringing them back makes a whole lot of economic sense as well Um, so yeah you know gigas are good for a a business treat them like uh, human beings I suppose is the way I I often think about it Um, I I, I remember uh, again actually when I was a was a giga uh, all those years ago um, the, the 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 permanent staff had a uh, a vote as to whether uh, myself and the other uh, freelance programmers were allowed to attend the annual Christmas dinner. Uh, That's that kind of how, how crazy it was. The, the result was yes they can but they've got to pay for themselves which <laughs> was not brilliant either. But um, you know, And that reflects on employer brand because uh, you know people these days have got other outlets as you were saying uh, earlier on they will talk about these kind of things in the coffee room but guess what they'll also talk about them on glass door if uh, you know if if the mood takes them and so you know it's just some of these small things like uh, you know listening to people acting again treating their insight in the same way as you would a permanent employee it means you're hearing the story first uh, you can address it you can do something with it and um, maybe they'll still go on glassdoor you know I mean we're not looking to stop any of that of course um, but you, you know you you can fix it for everybody else in the future uh, sort of thing so uh, there are plenty of places as you say that um, that people can talk about uh, issues and opportunities these days
0: mm, very interesting okay I feel I feel more aware of some of the benefits I guess of of kind of doing that um, definitely the piece like incorporating them into the engagement surveys is a good part of that because you want to understand in some in a lot of companies especially here in the us i can't speak for global but here in the us people that come in as a contingent worker are funneled through an entirely different process than someone that is hired and so the way they're trained the way they're onboarded all those other things are handled by procurement or someone else in the the business and so it will be great to, to understand those insights and those opportunities for improvement and everything else, because I don't know how much of a, a feedback loop there is going on there. It's, hey, you're being paid to do some work, you do that work, and you give me what you're going to deliver, and you, you move on. You know, Maybe we'll call you back if it works out. But uh, I love the idea of trying to treat them more I don't want to say more like employee necessarily but more like you would want to treat anybody that shows up on your roof to do some work with you and to, to partner with you to connect with you as business because they're gonna they're gonna carry that with them you know they might not want to come back next time you need them because you didn't treat them the right way or because you you didn't give them all the things they needed uh, at the front end in terms of here's here's how our policies work here's how our practices work maybe they 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 misstep or they make a mistake because they didn't get that same level of insight than an employee would. So I love the idea of trying to wrap them in more deeply into that, that process and make them feel like they're part of everything else. And I've got to ask you, did you go to the Christmas party or not?
1: (laughs) I did. Of course I did. Of course I did. Of course you did.
0: Putting on a good show for the boss. You had to be there. I get it. I get it. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. Goodness, Scott, this has been a lot of fun. So any last closing comments or advice that you would have? You, you're talking to you know a couple thousand of your your HR leaders here. They're they're trying to they're thinking about how to do this for their business. Any last closing comments or advice? Anything you want to reiterate or, or bring up before we close out?
1: Uh, yeah, sure. Just a, a couple of things really. I, I've mentioned continuous listening. So you know, start listening sooner rather than later, um, and start making changes. You know, sooner than you probably uh, thought about. Now, if you're changing or or adding to your annual uh, schedule of surveys and you're putting in something that's weekly or monthly or something like that you know that takes a little bit of investment so you know think about the business case think about you know, if you can uh, address issues with engagement six months earlier because you're listening sooner uh, rather than your annual survey, then you know, there's a business case to be made there because you can help with uh, absenteeism or staff retention, productivity, profitability, those kinds of things. So, you, you know, li- listen early, uh, look to uh, to make a case, um, and then get going on it. Just get going and um, and, and see where the information takes you. Um, I think those would be my uh, my key takeaways.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much. I love it. And I love, again, listen before there's a big problem, right? Let's try to get, let's try to understand that before it blows up on us. If someone wants to learn more about you or connect with Questback, learn more about the work that they're doing, how's the best way to do that?
1: Uh, A couple of ways. I'm very happy for you to uh, share my contact details if people want to contact me directly. Um, Otherwise, Questback uh, is the website. And again, you'll find lots lots of interesting material up there.
0: Okay. Excellent. I'll make sure and get those links in the show notes. Scott, this has been so phenomenal. Thank you again for joining us today.
1: Great. Right. Thanks very Absolutely. much,
0: Ben. Absolutely. To everybody else, thank you again for listening in. This has been We're Only Human. I've Ben Eubanks, your host, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to We're Only Human. Please take a moment to share this episode with another HR leader who might see it as a valuable resource in their daily work. For more information about the podcast and to see all our show archives, please visit upstarthr.com.